All right, here we go. It is Saturday afternoon, everybody. This is Right at Home with Rich. I am your host, Rich Orris, and I am here today again to help. We just we just love to help and, and see what we can do to to help everybody out. So we'll we'll be here at your service today to to see anything around your house that we can help you with. Um, invite you to give us a call. And just let us know what's going on, uh, what you're doing, what you're working on. Um, the phone number, 314-241-9797. And today also is a little bit of a special day. Um, I kind of put it out there in my social media and everything, just to give everybody a heads up that kind of tracks that, that today, if you have anything fireplace related, if you've got something going on, and maybe you've just been thinking about changing your fireplace or you know, what the surface is now, what kind of ideas, uh, design things, you know, for a fireplace. We can handle that that type of topic, too. So today I have with me an expert on fireplaces. Uh, his name is Eric Jost from C. Bennett Supply. How are you doing today, Eric? I'm doing great, Rich. Thanks for having me. Hey, oh. awesome. Thanks for coming in. I, I really appreciate that. And and this is, a, you know, a great topic that comes out uh, a lot um, and, and even more in this type of weather, now that it's gotten cold, we've started to kick our fireplace on and, you know, get that going and everything. And so we'll, we may get a lot of maintenance questions too. Um, that's always a, a big topic on, you know, pilot lights and things like that. What should I be doing cleaning wise? And we can discuss some of that, um, on, on what should be happening before you get it going too much and everything. But, you know, also, we get a lot of questions on design too of that with the, you know, I have brick now, how can I change it? So we can, we can get into all that stuff. Got a great list of topics and questions and things we can go over, but we definitely are here for, for the listeners and we'd love to hear from everybody. So I want to remind everybody that we, we still do. Um, we have our gift card giveaway. So we will be giving away the $25 Stefanina's gift card uh, again today. And uh, for those of you that are newer or, or haven't heard before, basically what we do is one lucky caller. So call in, ask a question, leave a, a phone number with uh, Zach that we can get back with you on. So early next week, we will draw a name out of a hat, pick one lucky caller, and we will just call you up, get your information, and we will send you that gift card. So Stefanina's Italian uh, Pizzeria Restaurant, great place to go, great place to be. I mean, I've we've been going there ever since we moved out to O'Fallon, um, over 15 years. I love Bill and the whole family and gang there. Um, great place to go. And if you bring your kids, they're so good with coming around and talking to people. And, and they've always, like... They would take my kids in the back and 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 take the dough and make these little donuts, you know, and, as we're waiting for our food and stuff. And and I mean, they're just so great with stuff like that in there. So they've got like six locations. the The furthest east is going to be in Chesterfield Commons, but 
Um, the rest are all out in St. Peter's, St. Charles, O'Fallon. There's one right by me in Winghaven, which is, oh, we just, I think we had it either Wednesday or Thursday night. It's now that it's so convenient, it's so close. We could just get it delivered real easy. And yeah, we probably have it more than we should, but <laughs> I like a rich sentiment, sir. We've got one, uh, by us there on Zumbel road and, uh, the food is great, uh, yeah. very consistent and, uh, you're always greeted with a smile and, um, the service is excellent. So, um. Yep, and if you haven't tried the Steph's special pizza, you got to give that a shot, man. It is it is excellent. So call in, leave a phone number. We'll get with one lucky winner, and you will get a $25 gift card to Stephanina's Pizzeria. So reminder on that, the phone lines are wide open, 314-241-9797, or if you're far away, 866-455-9797. And... Uh, so I think we'll uh, just, before the first break, I think we'll go ahead and get to our first caller, Bill, on the line and see what's uh, going on around town. What do you have for us, Bill? Are you there? A little uh, bathroom facelift. And I've got a, a problematic tub. The enamel paint is you know, pitted. In, um, and I was you know considering some of those companies who come in and do the fitting for a, for a new tub. Or I was also considering, as maybe a last-ditch effort, um, painting it. I see some of the paint products. And I was wondering what your thoughts were on the pros and cons of, of both both those options. Okay, yeah, no, absolutely. So, so the painting of it, Dave, um, were you were you looking at someone to do that professionally, or were you looking at like kits in the hardware store for that? And I was looking at kits. Okay, so so there are companies that that do that professionally. It's, it's not necessarily inexpensive, but if you try the kits, the problem is the application. Um, sure. when people do the kits, you, you, you tend to see like roller marks and it just, it doesn't look like that professionally sprayed really nice coat that the professionals do. Um, and then you got to really, when you paint something like that, you have to clean it super well. You got to follow the steps. You got to do everything that they talk about in hopes of getting it. Cause it's all about how that attaches. So your, your life expectancy is, a, is about how often it's used and how well you get that to attach. So even sure. in the professional system, if it's a bathroom you use every day, I would guess if you get 10 years out of that, you've done really, really well with that coating. Um, if you do it yourself, there's a possibility you get even less because if, if you just don't do it as well as a guy that does it every day and is trained and, and has a warranty and trying to make it last, um, it could be even less time. Um, so, so the cover-up stuff where they come in and they put like the plastic form stuff over top of your existing bathtub or your existing walls, the, the, the issue that, that I perceive with that is things that get between layers. If you get water between those layers, it's like plastic over, over metal or over cast iron or over ceramic tile. It's over something that really those systems don't breathe either way. So once water gets in there, it can't get out. It's kind of trapped and, and it can mold and just kind of stay in there and, you know, work at the, the caulk at the bottom trying to get out. So it's, it's a system that's kind of caulked in and you got to just make sure that 
you don't get water behind there. And sometimes water behind there isn't even a case of what they've done, but if you get a roof leak or something and it's getting, you know, to the, to the top of that wall and it goes down in between there, there's lots of ways that you can get water in between there. And when you put that over top of everything, you don't get to see what's back there already. So if you tear that wall open to put new, new backer board, a new tile or a new bathtub, you get to see the condition of your bathroom from the bones. If you cover it up, you, you may be covering up an issue that you don't even know about. So that's kind of why, definitely why we lean towards, you know, pull it down. But here at Mosby, I mean, we'll have a 10-year workmanship warranty on everything we do. So we want to see in those walls and we want to put stuff up that we know is going to last, you know, that that time frame or or way longer. So we get to see in the walls, make sure there's not an issue, make sure there's not mold or anything going on, insulate them well, whatever we need to do, and then put the proper products on top. So it, it's just kind of about that life expectancy. So does that help you? Gotcha. Yeah, it does. I suppose if you, if you painted it yourself and you did a bad job, that would preclude you from then getting a professional painter in after you? We'd make it harder for him because then he'd be trying to either sand down or, or get off or, or change what you've done to it. So it probably would, I, I, they could still do it, but it'd probably just make it a little more tougher and a little more expensive, you know, second time. It always costs more to do something twice. Right. You know what I mean? All right. So I think you've put me down the direction of maybe getting a professional to paint it. Yeah, it's, it is a good option, especially if it's, if it's like the hall bath or a guest bath or one that's not like a complete daily use, then you can get, sometimes you can get a good lasting value out of that. Yeah. Okay. All right. All righty. That's what I was looking for. Great. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir, very much. Um, thanks to Bill for getting us started. And if Rebecca can hold the line, um, we're going to get into our first break and we'll get to uh, Rebecca when we get back. All right. We are back. We are cruising through this like we do Every Saturday, it goes too fast. So if you want to get in on this, and I want to remind everybody that um, I'm going to get to talking to you more here, Eric, but we want to get into some fireplace stuff. We've got a lot of great stuff for you. And if you have questions, I want to remind everybody, if you got any questions about your fireplace, about the maintenance, about the design, especially the design, if you you know, want to talk about ideas or what can go on top of what, or what do I have to tear out to get to what, um, feel free to give us a call. We have the expert with us today so we can get through all of those fireplace questions for you. So give us a, give us a call 314-241-9797 or 866-455-9797. And I'm going to go ahead and get to Rebecca as promised. Um, Rebecca, what do you have for us? Hi, um, sorry, it's not a fireplace question. Oh, that's okay. We like I all have, questions. I have a room in my house where my grandson lives in, and um, basically at the top of the wall where the tape is at the very top of the drywall, it looks like the maybe the floors have settled a little, uh-huh. and the, the drywall tape up there has wrinkled. And I'm wondering, what do I do when I get ready to paint, which is going to happen right away here? I'm a very good painter, and I'm a good little handy uh, around-the-house girl. Mm-hmm. But um, 
basically, I just don't know, should I take a razor blade and clear that off and retake that whole corner? It's just on one wall. Yeah, so your minimum fix is going to be exactly that, is basically cut that, and, and what you want to do is peel that tape out of there and completely take that tape out. And, and you only have to do it wherever that is, you know, for that distance, and then re, re-tape and mud that corner, and that will get that corner looking good again. But, you know, the, the, the wrinkling tape is definitely exactly what you said. It's the symptom of some settlement. So when that wrinkle comes back, could be tomorrow, could be never. You know, right. it's a matter of, you know, sometimes your house will move once and, and kind of um, just never do it again. Sometimes it'll do it in certain weather conditions when you have, you know, uh, years of uh, drought, you can get some settling. And then if you get five years where it's kind of wet all the time, that settling kind of stops and then it starts to happen again in the next drought. There's a lot of reasons those things, you know, happen. And um, so, so you're kind of up in the air on how soon you might have to do this again. Right. And uh, it is an older home, a very lovely, small, older home. And I think that it did all the settling. And I think when the lady got ready to sell it, she basically came in there and they just threw on a really nice coat of paint, got everything smelling, looking good. They had done a lot of other remodeling. So I just think maybe it's a symptom of something that was there for a long time. Yeah, and it could be. I mean, your other option would be to um, call call a company like you know Helitech that we work with, and just have them have them come out and look at the house and say, you know, what's going on with my house? Why? Because that's that's the the fix of the settlement is, you know, they can look wow. at it and say, all right, here's what's happening. Here's where it's settling. Here's you know the 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 one thing they they can't always answer is the why or when again. So, I think if it were anything major with the foundation, it would have showed up in the inspection when I purchased the house. And it's we'd hope, a, yeah. A nice little house. It's an old house, but it, the lady did a primo job when she remodeled other than that room. <laughs> so thank you for the for the answers. Yeah, absolutely. No problem. And I would say just, you know, keep your eye on it. If you fix it, just have him keep his eye on it and see if he starts, whenever he starts to see it wrinkling again, then maybe start to pay attention to it. There's not a special caulk that they make for, you know, mending things like that that are movable like that? No, not really, just because okay. it's it's where the ceiling and the wall meets, and it's actually, you know, one, the problem is one one is moving one way and the other is moving the other way, so it's pulling on that tape. So wow. it's, yeah, the, a caulk or anything like that's really not going to do you a whole lot of good. Okay, that's what I'll do then. I'll get that dry tape up there corrected. All righty. You're welcome. Thank you. Great question. Appreciate the call. Um, Anybody else out there? We're here. Feel free to give us a call. 314-241-9797. And uh, so we got a few minutes here, Eric. So let's, um, let's kind of get, just get warmed up. So um, tell me about you, about how you got started in fireplaces, what you've been up to and um, you know, how long you've been with C. Bennett and all that. For sure. Thanks, Rich. So I've been in the industry about 24 years, um, working in a lot of different aspects of the hearth industry. Uh, currently, my main focus is uh, dealing with uh, dealers who then resell our products uh, as far north as Chicago. 
um, and as far south uh, as the Lake of the Ozarks. Um, deal in several different areas or have dealt in several different areas over those 24 years, whether it be on a retail basis, you know, helping an end consumer do something yeah. as simple as putting in a, gla- a glass door for their existing fireplace or gas logs or so on and so forth, um, or to the point to where we deal with a lot of designers and architects where we're actually helping specify some of the high-end products uh, from manufacturers that we represent at C. Bennett. Um, so, you know, probably the largest or, or uh, biggest fireplace sale that, that I've ever personally been involved with was up in Chicago. And this just gives your, the listeners an idea of what's, what's out there and how expensive fireplaces can be. Uh, but that fireplace that went into a hotel in downtown Chicago was $50,000. Oh, my. Yeah. And so as the fireplace industry has changed over the years and the advent of technology um, and certainly aesthetics and looks, uh, prices on fireplaces, much like the automobile industry, uh, has just gotten more and more expensive and more specialized. Uh, recently just finished up a project with one of my customers in uh, Bloomington Normal area at Illinois State University. Uh, and that job was right at $100,000. It was three different fireplaces that, that, that is going into the, uh, the Bone Student Center there at uh, oh. Illinois State University. So um, pretty much been involved in the hearth industry from every angle. Um, one of the things that I've really appreciated and that I really enjoy um, as I've gotten deeper in my career is not just working with the customer on educating them about what hearth product is best for their application, um, but also working with that customer with the design of that product and the overall finish um, so that it uh, meshes very well with the overall decor of their room. Um, it's just, for me, it's very rewarding to, you know, start with a customer who comes in just looking for a fireplace and give them design ideas, more of a holistic approach, you might say, um, that gives their hearth product uh, really a, an opportunity to enhance their whole overall living space, whether it be in somebody's home or whether it be in a commercial project. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Man, that's some crazy fireplaces. No, the, it's you know fifty thousand dollars is uh, most people probably wouldn't quite expect that, and you know it's kind of like what you know our designers do. And I know you've worked with me yep. on quite a few jobs, and, and you know some of our designers on on fireplaces that that they're designing, and you know that's always a big thing for our fireplace design is everybody has this dream or they see this photo or they, you know, and so it's about kind of looking at, you know, what's the least expensive way to do it? What's the most expensive way to do it? What's the in-between? And then kind of pick and choose when you're, you know, because a lot of people are looking at that budget and they're like, boy, they have, you know, some great dreams. And it's amazing what things can actually get to. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think there's two parts or two segments to, especially if you're doing a brand new fireplace, but even if you have an existing fireplace, again, um, the fireplace itself as is important, obviously, in the whole application, but sometimes the surround material can be as important. Oh, yeah. Because you can take a fairly inexpensive fireplace and with the design uh, uh, items that you put around it can make it really just be an amazing uh, focal point in that room. Um, you know, it's no different than if, you know, I was to go out and go to a, a nice event and go to a place like Nordstrom and buy a nice suit. Um, if I go to the event and my shoes don't have anything to do or totally clash with that suit or the shirt or whatever, you can take, um, you know, a phenomenal fashion statement and turn it into a fashion faux pas. So it's kind of the same concept, except for the fact that in my story, it's very easy to change that. But when you do that in your own home, that fireplace is built in with a lot of expensive material around it. So that fireplace cannot come out 
unless you disrupt the rest of the surround materials that are there. Yeah. In addition, fireplaces, in, in my opinion, are probably the most misunderstood appliance in a home. Um, there's so much that's went into the technology over the years that they become very complicated. And that's why dealing with a true hearth professional is important because there's more than just picking out the fireplace. There's the installation, there's the long-term maintenance. Um, of course, there's the design and the core, decor that go around it. Um, so there's a lot of avenues and a lot of people that get involved. Um, so it, it's really important, uh, whether it be with a company like C. Bennett or another company you may choose to do business with, that you feel good about the process and that you really feel like you're dealing with a hearth professional as opposed to somebody that's just trying to sell you a product. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you know, I've brought this up a couple times when we've talked about fireplaces in my house that, you know, they, my house was built in 2003 and, and I didn't build it, but, you know, we bought it four years ago and the fireplace is a wood-burning fireplace and they put log sets in, in the firebox. And why they did that brand new, it just, I, I'm baffled by why you would even do that, but, and we can get into that a little bit more after the break, but, um, Thinking about that efficiency and everything is so important. I'm like, why would you ever even offer that? So, hey, Mark, I just saw your call. If you could hold the line through the break, we will get to you first when we return. All right. We are back. We are halfway through this. I I See, Eric, what I forgot to tell you is how fast this goes. It does go fast. You just have a really good conversation, and all of a sudden you're like, wow, has it been an hour already? And I've got a lot to say, so... Yeah, absolutely. So um, let's. So so we lost Mark um, over the break, but we have Brenda has a uh, fireplace question for us, I believe. So let's get Brenda on the line. Are you there, Brenda? Yes. Hey, thanks for calling. What what do you have for us? I have a ten year old villa that I just bought, and I was wondering if there's any maintenance for a gas fireplace, and also to increase the output of the heat. If there was a way to just add a fan or something to the fireplace, or do I have to put a new one in? <clears throat> well, there's certain options that you, that you always have, uh, Brenda. So from a standpoint of maintenance, if you've just moved in, um, I would get with uh, a local fireplace shop throughout the St. Louis uh, metropolitan area and maybe have them come out and take a look at what you have, kind of identify the product you have, or perhaps even better, take a picture of it um, and uh, you know send that over to, to one of the hearth shops, whether it be C. Bennett or, or one of the other shops in St. Louis. They can help you identify what you have and then give you ideas and options to help you accomplish what you need to accomplish. Um, certainly, there, there's products out there that can that can get you where you want to go, but without really identifying what you already have, um, uh, it's, it, it can be kind of difficult sometimes because there are so many options, if that makes sense. Okay. Thank you so much. Do you, do, does your fireplace, hey, Brenda, does your fireplace have a glass front, you know, piece of glass in front of it? Yes, it does, but it does not open. Yes. Okay, so that's so so with that in mind, Brenda, what you have is a direct vent fireplace. Um, so with that being said, there, there's certainly things from a maintenance standpoint that can be done. Um, you know, one of them is is if it's never been looked at or serviced, your your glass can be pretty hazy, um, uh, which which obviously obstructs the view to the fire, um, whether it's on or off. So that glass can be cleaned. Um, there's, there's a mechanism that attaches that glass, whether it be old school technology where it's more screws that hold it on or more new school technology where it's more like, um, luggage clamps, if you will. Um, and that glass can come off of there. Um, and then you can have somebody kind of redress the embers to give it a little more of an aesthetically pleasing 
um, uh, look. And then also uh, with it being a direct vent fireplace, yes, you definitely can get a blower um, that can be put into that fireplace from whatever manufacturer the fireplace is. The key there is getting electric um, to the junction box underneath the fireplace, which can sometimes be a little bit of a hurdle um, unless, for whatever reason, it was done on the front-end construction, but a fan was not was not um, put in at that time. But th- it is possible that that, that that junction box is powered. So um, uh, if you look at the bottom, if you open up the bottom uh, door of that fireplace, there's typically a little louver door that's on hinges. If you open up that, there'll be some Raider tags or possibly a sticker uh, in that area that will identify the manufacturer of the product and also the um, uh, the model number of the product. And when you do that, when you find out who the manufacturer is and the model number, um, you can go online and see who the local shop is in St. Louis who handles that product uh, and then touch base with them with the model number and the manufacturer and they can help you with uh, what you need uh, and or, you know, touch base with them and have their service department come out and, um, you know, kind of do a little freshen up on your fireplace. Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for the uh, question, Brenda. Um, and yeah, so last night, well, I was, we were, between the break, we were talking about um, removing wallpaper at my mother-in-law's and I was kind of fixing the walls last night. And it's funny, we we're looking at her fireplace um, and, and hers is, she's in a villa and she's got same thing, but she does have the fan. And, and, um, my wife was commenting how she likes real wood, what we were kind of touching right. on. And, and her mom said, well, but I just flip a switch and that fan comes on. And she says, the good news is it's a hundred degrees in this room. Once that thing works well, she says, the bad news is it's then 30 degrees in my bedroom. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, and, and, and they fire, work great. No, no. And they do, they do work great. And it depends yeah. on, you know, obviously you can turn the flame down, which then decreases the BTUs and the heat output. But a fireplace like, like your mother-in-law has, it can act as a really good zone heater. And in some applications, that's perfect. Uh, somebody wants to heat the space where they're spending the evening, the hearth room or the great room in the house where they're watching TV or so on and so forth, but they like their bedroom a little cooler. Uh, so from that standpoint, it can work very, very well and be very efficient because you're burning a fireplace that's maybe 30,000, 40,000 BTUs, uh, which is much less BTUs and much less gas consumption than your, than your furnace would be at maybe seventy or 80,000 BTUs. Um, so there's, there's, certainly, um, there's certainly a benefit to those fireplaces, especially gas fireplaces from a standpoint of zone heating. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and so, so the thing, let me ask you this for everybody too. So the thing that my wife started commenting on is, you know, what I was talking about ours being, um, an actual wood burning fire box. And then they put gas log sets in it. And that's what was sold and the people selected when the house was built, which to me, energy efficiency wise, that's just a crazy thing to do. And I can't, it, it, I find it hard to believe that someone would even offer that in this day and age, even, even 15 years ago. Um, so touch on the energy efficiency or inefficiency of that. And then what does it take to convert that back to wood? Sure. So uh, from a standpoint of efficiency, what, what Rich has in is, is basically just an existing you know, wood-burning fireplace, the front's totally open, and he has a set of what's called uh, vented gas logs. So from a standpoint of aesthetics, the setup that, that Rich and his wife have in his home is the most realistic you can get to real wood-burning. Um, typically 70,000, 80,000 BTUs, a big, robust, bold flame um, that, that um, contacts the logs as it's going through um, and, and exhausting up the chimney. And, and from a, so from an aesthetic standpoint, it looks great. From an efficiency standpoint, 
it's not good at all because basically you've got a draw that's created by the heat going up the chimney. So it's actually pulling room air into that opening um, and, and taking it out of the house. So from an aesthetic standpoint, it looks great. From an efficiency standpoint, um, it's, it's, it's really not good at all. But again, it kind of depends on what you want. So a couple things you can do on the gas side to make that a little more efficient is you could install what's called a dual-listed gas log. Uh, and that's a gas log where you can either operate it with your chimney closed or your chimney open. So the example I like to use is, is obviously as we kind of embark on the holiday season here, uh, people have gatherings at their homes, uh, lots of people, uh, which creates lots of body heat and so on and so forth in a room, uh, stove being on and so on and so forth. Um, but you want the ambiance of the fire, right? Because you want it to be hearth warming, uh, to use a pun there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and you want that in the ambiance when the family's around, but you don't need the heat. So with a dual listed log, you open up that damper, the heat goes up the chimney. Is it inefficient? Absolutely it is. But you're really looking for the, for the feel and the, and the, and the, the hominess at that point in time. Conversely, if, if you get up in the morning and you're wanting to enjoy, you know, a cup of coffee, you know, look at the, I was going to say newspaper, but I guess those are kind of a thing in yeah, the past. the iPad. Um, look at your iPad, your tablet, the news, whatever. Um, you can keep that damper closed and take the chill off that room, um, you know, very, very quickly. And, and again, it's kind of that zone heating concept. Um, the other option is, uh, as we talked about with Brenda, she had a direct vent fireplace. They make what's called a direct vent gas insert, which is actually a small direct vent fireplace, for lack of a better term, that would go inside of an existing opening. Um, and we're actually doing a job with, with you guys right now with, with one of those uh, out in the Kirkwood area. Yeah. Um, so what that would do is it would essentially give you a sealed unit that was sealed with glass. Um, two three-inch um, uh, aluminum pipes would run up your existing chimney, one for intake air and one for exhaust. Um, and then you'd put a shroud around what part of the opening was left because obviously the insert's not going to be a perfect fit. It's not like yeah. putting a shoebox lid on a shoebox, there's going to be some space there. So you'd put a shroud around that. And now you've essentially sealed off that opening uh, and made it much more efficient. Um, and now you're getting efficiencies of about 70% uh, in most cases. Um, whereas with the dual listed log that I previously talked about, the efficiency on those is 99.9% when the damper's closed. So those are your two gas options from that standpoint. Um, none of them is right or wrong. It just really depends on what the homeowner wants from a standpoint of aesthetics heating efficiency, and also from a standpoint of, of you know, the financial wherewithal and, and what they want to commit to it from a dollar standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. And and so the one we were, were doing in Kirkwood, um, if I remember correctly, you can still get power to that and get a fan in those too, right? Where they'll blow out if you do that insert? Absolutely. Uh, and that, and that kind of goes back to Brenda's question a little bit if, if uh, or actually in your application, Rich. So with the fireplace you have, there's no, you can't do anything to add a fan to that fireplace. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just not, it's not possible. You'd have to put in some sort of insert that had a fan as part of it. And pretty much every gas insert um, on the market these days comes standard with a fan because the idea is if you're putting something in that has efficiency, you want to get some heat output out of it. Um, and again, that can operate with the fan on or off. Um, you can raise and lower flame heights. A lot of the gas inserts these days, as technology has advanced, they've got interior lighting that can really add to the overall ambiance of the fireplace, not just during the fireplace season, but also when the fireplace season's over. Oh, you can yeah. turn that light on, kind of illuminate the interior of the firebox, and really let it flow kind of aesthetically and give it a little bit of a, a little pizzazz and still make it somewhat a focal point of the room. Oh, yeah, that's pretty neat. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even realize the light in there. In yeah, some of those, that's a pretty cool idea. Lighting's become a huge deal on fireplaces. Um, on the fireplaces that I discussed on those bigger jobs, um, in the hotel in um, 
uh, Chicago in those in those three units we did at Illinois State University, they've actually got lighting in the ember bed. Um, so the flame essentially comes out of the lowest part of the fireplace, but then the area around where the flame comes out is backlit with uh, LED lights. Um, oh, wow. And you can change those LED lights to different colors, um, you know, whether it be, you know, something you want seasonally or the blues are playing, you want blue lights on, the Cardinals are playing, you want red lights on. Um, it's St. Patrick's Day, you want green lights on. So really the technology in fireplaces, much like all products these days, has the, the, the technological advancement of it's been huge. Um, and, and kind of funny story, so I, I look at uh, our, our founder, Charlie Bennett, who started the company back in uh, 1980, and I just heard him tell the story again the other day, and I've heard it you know dozens of times over the years, and, and it's pretty interesting. He says when he first started the business in 1980, there were two fireplaces. They were both wood-burning, single-sided. Uh, one was a 36 and one was a 42. Yeah. So it's pretty easy to keep track of, of that technology and that idea. Um, we didn't install or Charlie didn't install back in those days. He delivered to the shop or to the, uh, I'm sorry, to the job site. And then a contractor would snap the pipe together, put it in, flash it through the roof or through the chimney chase, and they were done. Um, and there could be nothing further uh, from how easy that was back then to where it is today. Uh, and again, that's why I can't say too much about dealing with a true hearth professional, especially if you're looking to buy a product online. Um, I would really hesitate uh, our listeners today um, to do that. Uh, the, the, the technology that's involved in these um, is, is um, to the point to where uh, your typical contractor um, may not have the ability or, 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 the, or understand exactly how these go in. And once you do that, if, if you call a local store that sells that brand and try to get them to service that product, uh, in many cases, they'll, they'll tell you no, especially this time of year. They're so busy with trying to keep up with their existing customer base that they don't want to you know, take time to, to service something that, that uh, wasn't bought from them. Yeah. Um, so I, I would really, you know, there's a lot that goes into uh, purchasing a hearth product. So I would really be wary of doing that online. Yeah. And, you know, I always talk about, too, when you're working with professionals that use this stuff, they'll guide you into the things that they use all the time that are serviceable. That, you know, one thing people don't think about is, oh, I found this. This is awesome. Consumer Reports says it's great, but maybe it's just not that serviceable. And, you know, a lot of people don't like them or use them because if something happens, the parts are coming from another country or you got all this different stuff where they're like, man, you know, it's, it's great at first, but if you ever need to do anything to it, no, it's you're, nearly impossible. So, you know, you're, it's you're absolutely right. Great to have a pro to do that, but we're going to, we're going to get into our last break here. And I want to touch more on that whole talk to the professional and getting great advice too. When, when we get back. All right. Hey, you're not going to waste our time. You can come here and uh, nice. let us know what uh, what you need, right? We'll, we'll touch on anything you need. Definitely got the expert, Eric Jost, here with me on the fireplaces and everything. So if you want to sneak in in the last, uh, last about eight minutes here, uh, give us a shout, 314-241-9797. And uh, so, but I did want to touch on, Eric, um, kind of like the reason that we even work together. You know, um, 
I'm considered an expert at a lot of things. Um, our designers have been through schooling. They, they are experts on a lot of things. You know, a few of them are aging in place specialist and cap certified and, you know, kitchen and bath certifications and all this different. They've been through college for this stuff. They've, but the collaboration of one, you know, two heads are better than one and three heads are better than two. And, you know, and, and just not knowing everything, you just can't know absolutely everything. And if you did, then you're probably making something up because there's so much to do and know. And, you know, what you were kind of touching on, um, I, I kind of touch on all the time about, you know, what's happened since like the eighties to now what's happened in, you know, 20 or 30 years of the products and the improvements and the things that are out there going from two choices to literally endless the, the new products being developed are multiplying on top of themselves every single year to, to an astounding rate of you almost can't even choose and you almost can't even know what they all are unless you're in a specific area like yourself to where you get to focus on everything for that area. So, you know, for us to collaborate with, um, you know, trade partners like yourself, and we do it in many different areas too, on, on other things and cabinets and different stuff, but getting to that professional and getting that education, I guarantee you what happened in my house when it was built was easy to do, easy to select and unadvised and uneducated. Well, I really see that all the time with with builders um, in the St. Louis metropolitan area, Rich, and, and quite frankly, across the country. Um, you know, the fireplace is somewhat, from a builder standpoint, hey, let's have a fireplace in the house. Um, but as far as, you know, the builder choosing that for you, and, and I'll use this, this as an example. If you're building a home, I don't care if it's a starter home or definitely a custom home, the homeowner's not going to dream of not selecting their own lighting, you're just not going to let the builder select your lighting, right? It's, it's, I want a different light for my bathroom. I want different lights for my entertainment uh, area, my TV room from when, you know, the outside lighting and, and so on and so forth. Well, and some people might bring in a, pro- a separate professional just for that. No, a, absolutely. An interior designer. Help me pick my lights and my plumbing fixtures and stuff like that. Absolutely. And, and then the fireplace kind of, you know, goes by the wayside or the homeowner's just like, hey, we have a fireplace in the house. Um, but you know, and I think some of it falls back on the industry. I mean, being in the industry, it, it's, you know, I, I just think it's this, this big thing and it kind of absorbs me and, and I, and I love what I do, but it's, it's really not that big of an industry overall. So with that being said, manufacturers simply don't have the advertising budgets or the ability to do a lot to educate the end consumer. Um, you know, the products that are out there are so technologically advanced um, but in, in some cases, some of those higher end products like that, that are, that really have a lot of advancement from a technological standpoint, they're smaller companies and they just don't have the budgets, you know, to work with getting out there and getting their name out, which is why, uh, I enjoy, and, and we enjoy at C. Bennett working with designers and architects and helping to educate them because, you know, from the standpoint of what you guys do and working with you guys over the years, there's just so many things that you work in and so many avenues that you, that you, uh, are involved in. Uh, the fireplace is something that, that just isn't, um, there's just too much to know. So, so leaning on somebody that can kind of educate you and, and really qualify the customer, um, and, and help, you know, let them know everything that's out there, finding a product that matches their needs and then explaining all the features and benefits of that product is, is a big deal. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, it, it's, we all turn to that and it makes so much sense and, and it makes sense from the, the maintenance end of things too. And, and, and the build it right side of, you know, make sure that you're just doing the right thing for, for that client and, and, you know, getting things done appropriately. Um, I'm sure you'll remember that, that fireplace out in Clayton that, that we looked at and, um, they had some backdrafting issues and, I was like, boy, so, you know, there's just, there's more to this and something seems, you know, the, it seems like there'd be an easier fix or, you know, I, I just, so I brought you out with me and looking at some of the different options and everything. And we put a, a tape measure down the, the flue pipe and everything into the firebox and literally realized that when, when the builder had built this room addition for them, they just didn't build the chimney tall enough. No, that happens quite a bit, and, there, and there's so many aspects to a fireplace working, especially on wood burning. Uh, wood burning is really a science, and there's there's so much to it from a standpoint of the moisture that's in the wood and, and how the customer's trying to get the fire going and using kindling and so on and so forth. And again, it just really goes back to the misunderstanding um, you know, of the industry in general. Um, and you know, it's, it's, I always tell you know, my potential customers and clients, it's easier for me to spend your money. Um, however, if you do things the right way up front, uh, you'll be happy with that product long term because it's one of the few, if only, uh, items in the house that to remove that, you've got to remove surround material around it and really disrupt the space. Um, and it becomes a very, very expensive uh, endeavor. So if you do it right up front, get educated, yeah. look at your options. I think you'll be much happier with your choice long term. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so we did fire up a couple calls here. So I'm going to jump here to Raquel, I think. Do you have a, a question for us? Yes, I have a wood burning stove or wood burning fireplace, uh-huh. and uh, I want to make it uh, the heat come out better into the room. I mean, I, I build a fire, and it, it, I mean, it's nice, but it, I think that it could be a lot hotter in the room. And I was wondering, I was looking at some of the insoles, and they've got these black things over the front, and kind of is a black box, and I didn't really like that. But I saw some online that were like a C shaped with these tubes that you stick that in and build the fire inside uh, the concave of the tube. And it has like a, a blower that comes to the front of uh, the bottom of the tubes and the motor to the side and you plug that in and, the, and it sucks the hot air out of the fireplace and brings it into the room. Are those things any good? Well, uh, they, they do have some useful value, Raquel. And essentially what's that called? what that is called is a great heater. Mm-hmm. So essentially, as you saw in the picture, but but for our listeners' uh, education process, the logs essentially sit on a grate, and then underneath the logs and around the logs are essentially what what is basically called heat exchange tubes. And those tubes absorb the heat, kind of keep it concentrated in an area, and then the blower blows across those tubes and allows the heat to come out into the room. Um, so there is some useful value to those from a standpoint of the way they look. Um, you know, they look fairly industrial, uh, and the cord, you know, has to come out of the front. Um, so as long as, as you're comfortable with the way that looks, um, certainly there can be some useful value to those. Um, but I would also be hesitant to expect that that is going to, you know, increase, you know, increase what you're trying to, you know, trying to get the heat out of that, that it would increase it as much as you may like. And there's really no way to test that, you know, unfortunately, until you invest the money into it. Mm-hmm. All so right. Are about five hundred dollars, six hundred dollars. <throat> the ones that I saw at the at the fireplace store, they were 
complete box, and they were up to like four thousand dollars. Wow, that's yeah, that's pretty expensive. But hey, sorry everybody, we got to go. We're right at the end here. Um, but call back in next week, and we'll get back with you. Get more at ninety-seven one talk.com.